0: Hey guys, it's me, Danny. Now in my 20s, I thought I knew everything. Couldn't tell me nothing. Then I hit my 30s and I didn't think I knew anything. I wished somebody would told me something. But now that I'm living in my 40s, I'm real comfortable living this life in the middle ages. So I thought I'd get together with a couple of my friends who also are in that same age bracket so that we can have some talks about what I believe are some shared experiences. Now, either you've gone through them, you will go through them, or you know somebody who went through them. It's all about conversation. It's all about community here. So listen, comment down below if you have anything to say. If you don't, just make sure you subscribe so you know we here every week like it if you really just like what's going on and share it with a friend if you know somebody who could benefit from what's going on so let's sit back and see what the people have to say
1: okay so i'm ronay austin i'm 47 um Turning 40 was not hard for me. It wasn't hard. And 50 is not gonna be hard for me either. <laughs> not gonna be hard for me either. And I think primarily because we grew up um in that gang era where we lost a lot of people so young. Um to see 47, I'll be 48 on third on Saturday. So birthday. to see that thank you. But to see a new age does it's not no. That's not hard for me because we just lost so many people and there's still so many young people who are dying. It's truly a blessing to be able to be 47 years old or 48 years old and still have my parents despite the situation. So no,
0: we really did lose a lot of people. Like we really did come up in the gang era and there were a lot of people. I, it, I, you know, I really don't talk about that a lot, but I think that, you know, we, we probably do see death in a different way because mm-hmm. so early we lost a lot of people. It, it was like, yeah. we weren't in Compton, you know, but. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: We had our own Compton.
0: We had a lot of death, a lot of it. early and I remember um not too long ago my brother had somebody on his page who had just come home from prison and I was like he's he just now getting out they went to jail when he was like 18 and I was like oh my gosh like even losing that many people to the prison system like we've
1: Yeah, we right, lost a lot. I am
0: very grateful for being the A because I don't know. I know lots of people who who didn't get here. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. From yep. eighteen to twenty two, like yes. So yeah, that's yep. a, that's one I haven't heard yet. But yes. So, but but birthday, happy birthday! Because forty eight it is it's exciting though because you are getting close to fifty and um 50 don't look like it did when we were kids
1: no (laughs) at least we don't think so
0: (laughs) i just did a tiktok because i was talking to my friend i was talking to my best friend and we were talking about like when we were when we were younger and we were watching sitcoms like um the jeffersons and um the brady bunch and stuff like that one day at a time everybody threw their back out like that was like a thing like yes it was like (laughs) And I don't hear people talking about they threw they back out in such a way now, but like that was like a huge thing. And no, and if you look back on those shows, those people were like 40. Like it got. It got like oh walk on my back. That was George <laughs> Jefferson
1: all the time. And walk George on Jeff- my back.
0: So it's like. Those type of things that you thought would be the concerns of your age group. And they don't even manifest. It's just like, wait a minute. So people don't throw their backs out. because that, that was supposed to be a huge thing. We were supposed to have yeah. flying cars and our backs were supposed to go out at
1: all times. Yeah.
0: We don't got neither one of those. <laughs> neither.
1: Yeah. And I'll take neither it. I'll, I'll stay people. on the
0: ground. Like, it's just, like, so magnificent, though, that, you know, 40 and 50, we really get to see it and live in it and, you know, experience life. Yes.
1: All that stuff and seeing all the. So I was saying, um, we were talking about how friendships change and how we change and how you feel like or how I felt like with friendships, period, you really find out who your friends are. Like I said earlier. You know, whenever you have friends and you're young, it's like, everybody's my friend, everybody's cool. And, you know, you fall out and in with friendships constantly. But as you get older and you progress and you mature in your mind, it's like, why aren't we? You have your friends that you think are your ride or die friends, right? You've been through five million things when you were younger together <clears throat> than when real life hits. I think really for me, when I started to have kids, you really noticed the difference. Yeah. You notice a major, I noticed a major difference. Um, you know, people act like you're handicapped. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You have kids. Oh, you have too many kids. Da, 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 da. Yes. Or, um, well, how can you go anywhere? Or how can you do anything whenever you have these kids? And it's like, to others, it looks like it's a burden. And so you get left out mm-hmm. out of things where, has nothing to do with kids. Um has nothing to do with your ability to do things. You know, none of those things. Um I think for me I saw a transition then, but I saw a more significant transition whenever my mom got sick. Um, and that's when you really know that you need somebody in your corner. Um, maybe not necessarily to do something, but to just be present. And not always physically present, but just be present to sometimes listen let me cry let me complain um hear me out or just ask what's going on with you just to change the subject altogether yes Yes. so that you can still have a real life outside of all of the pressures that you're already going through with with life and with you know um you know, your real pressures, your work, your job, if you're in school, if you have children, whatever those other pressures are. Sometimes you just want to have a conversation that's outside of that. Being able to have a a circle of people who maybe understand what you're going through. Maybe they don't understand what you're going through, but they're not shunning you or pushing you away. Because, you know, um, with anything, in the beginning, it's like, oh man, your mom had a heart attack. Oh, how's she doing? How you doing? Can I do anything for you? And at that moment, Nobody can really do anything for you other than be there and to support you through it Um, or to just hear you say that you don't know what they're doing. A lot of times you need something, but you don't know how to verbalize what it is that you need. I found myself doing that a lot where I was like, I know I need help with something. I just don't know what I need help with. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I need help with. Um, And And it could be as simple as providing a meal.
0: It doesn't it seemed like it's unfair to ask because I feel like when my mom got sick and we were in the hospital for days, like I really wanted somebody to like just go over my house and clean up. Like (laughs) but I didn't feel like I don't feel like I could ask that. I don't feel like I could be like, you know, like I when I go home, I don't I don't want to run I don't feel like I don't want to do a dish. I don't like even if somebody brought me a meal now I still got the bowl that they brought it in and it's responsibility I don't now I don't even want to eat like and, but you don't yeah. feel like you can say those things like can you just like clean yeah
1: where's the safe space yeah where's the safe space um yeah I get it I get so
0: it right about talk to me about something other than what I'm dealing with right now because I need an escape from this don't like don't keep on being like oh how's your mom how's your mom how's your mom like like a quick update sure but I don't want to go into giving all of the medical procedures and things going on it's a lot and it's overwhelming most of the time I just want to hear uh-huh. you me about some raggedy chick at your job, right quick, that we've been discussing. Yep. <laughs> last month, so I could be like, "Oh yeah, the regular world, real quick." Yes,
1: <laughs> like I'm still alive. Like I'm still here. I'm still relevant as a regular person. You know, and kind of to remove the guilt of feeling like I don't want to do this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think a lot of us kind of stuff that piece where you feel, you feel the guilt yourself for feeling like you don't want to do this, but then you feel the guilt of what will other people think about me as a daughter, as a person, because I don't want to do this. I can, I'm now four years in four and a half years in, I'm very transparent. I don't want to be a caregiver to anybody. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want no pets. I don't want nothing. Other than my children who are still manners, um, I don't want people to depend on me. Give me some time to get back to the giving, Rone Cause right now, any any little thing when people are like, oh, can you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
0: oh my God. Yay. Do you
1: not know how much of me I give to the point where I literally ran into somebody from middle school, and this was like months after my mom had the heart attack. Um, And and during that time, I was in the hospital constantly, like literally trying to work from the hospital. People were like, you should go home. I'm like, I need to know what's going on with her. I can't leave, I need to advocate for her. Like there was just, it was was just straight mayhem. And um, at that time, I really was losing who I was. I still, I'm still not quite sure who I am right now. Like every once in a while I find a little spurt and I'm like, oh yeah, that that felt good. I remember when. But then you go back into your other real world. Yes. So I ran into somebody from Rajasthan, Um, and I mean, we were close friends, you know, back in the day. And he was like, oh, what are you doing with yourself? And I literally, it made me freeze for a second because I was like, this is somebody who knew me, knew the old me, and I'm not even sure who that person is anymore. And I was like, oh, you know, um, work, my kids, my mom. And he was like, and I was like, yeah. He was like, wait a minute, that's it? (laughs) I do I have time for it. He said, absolutely not. Absolutely. You cannot continue to live your life like that. Like, where do you make time for yourself? And I, at the time, didn't realize. I was like, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I was the truth. And, and to admit that to somebody who knew me before was kind of like, oh, man, yeah, who am I? You know, it made me step back and realize, like, yeah, I don't I don't even know who I am anymore. What is going on with me? It didn't change anything. I still, for the most part, continued on the same track of, you know, work, my mom, my kids. You know, my kid playing sports and like that pretty much. And people are like, oh, you need to take a break from your son. My son playing sports is what saves me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My children doing activities, that's what saves me. That's what keeps me sane and what keeps me normal. Um, It reminds me that there are other people in the world who need me for other things. And, you know, not to put guilt like on my mother because she can't control what's happening to her. But there's a piece where you're like, I literally was choosing my mom even over my kids. And until my daughter, who had been like my rider, like my oldest daughter, of course, was my rider with my mom. She's running back and forth to the hospital. But my daughter who was at home, who's the oldest amongst them, one day was like, you're never here. What about us? And that for me was like, oh my God, I've neglected my kids, which is the one thing I would never want to do. You know, so that piece was hard. to to come to terms with that and it was almost like I'm I'm debating with a kid like that's my mom though but that's my mom I have to be there for my mother like you guys are pretty good you're you're self-sufficient when in reality they're not because they're kids and they still needed me but at the time it was like Nana needs me right now Nana needs me and I need to be there for her Um, excuse the phone but that was that was the hard part. That was a really difficult piece uh, for me where I was like almost having to choose who needs me most. Mm-hmm. Who needs me most? And then it got to the point where like my mom had started to get better, things were, you know, on an upswing. And I had to, then it then she became dependent on me. And the expectation was that I was to do XYZ for her. When in reality, at that time, she could do a lot more for herself. And then I was kind of angry, like. You expect me to do all, like, I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart. Now you expect for me to do this stuff for you. When you could do things for yourself, I said, I, my kids need me. That's my responsibility. That's my responsibility over everything else in the world. They always come first. They're supposed to come first. So then it was like a battle between my my emotions, my internal feelings, and what I think that my mom was feeling you know what I mean? So there's just a lot of battles. We just go through a lot when you're in a sandwich generation, because that's what we are. When you have children to take care of, you have families that you still need to take care of, but then you have parents that you need to take care of as well. You are literally smashed between both those worlds and having to figure it out and trying to choose where you're supposed to go is like a difficult task, you know, and especially when we lack the supports and I know. I know there has to be supports in our community for us. There has to be somewhere. It's finding those resources. That's the problem. And mm-hmm.
0: it will make you feel guilty for even wanting to reach out for support. It's always like the expectation. Again, I've I've had conversations with a lot of women. And one of the things, you know, that always hold us is this superwoman, black woman complex that we have been, you know, especially our generation has really been drilled in that you got to be a superwoman and you should be able to handle everything and you got it and push yourself to the back to make yep. sure everybody's okay. And You just yep. put through, you don't feel bad. You like, you know, feel guilty if you feel bad and be humble and all of these things. Yep. And it's like but i'm
1: drowning i'm literally
0: literally drowning over here and because i'm drowning i like why can't i ask for any type of help yep and i wanted to um touch back on the guilt part of not wanting to be a caregiver um you know i feel like a lot of times people put the guilt on you to take care of the person that they know and not the person that you know. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's a difference between my mom's friends and my mom's daughter. And people are concerned with their friend being taken care of or their sister or their, you know, cousin or, but not, Mm -hmm. they don't know who the mom was. And sometimes you're like, she a lot. It's a lot over here. Okay. Mm -hmm. And And I I, said,
1: oh, but that's your mom. You only get one. I know. And sometimes. But I also only get one of me. Yes. And
0: (laughs) it, there is a guilt. And that is why you can't say, even to my closest friends, when I was just like, I don't want to do this. It was like me and my family we never put up. we never we always yes in like yes but all y'all argue and fight all the time because y'all angry and you don't even know you angry because somebody in your family don't want to do it either and, yeah, and they just didn't say it yet you say it but they come out in all these other kind of ways yeah. it is not easy to do there is not the kind of support and if you're the main person who is the caregiver the rest of the people just seem like well all you got to do is make her a little dinner or all you got to do is just take it to the store or all you got to do yes but like especially you because your children are younger It's like, yes, but I also have to run these kids over here and I got to participate in this and I got to be a parent in this program and I got to make sure they have this dress or this shoe or this thing. And then I got to, you know, get them there on time. I got to sit and watch it. I got to cheer them on. I got to pull up the energy to do all of that. And I have been trying to work on my book about one of the hardest things to do is to be a mom when your heart is breaking. It is not easy to have to cook dinner when your kids require that, but your heart is breaking from whatever is going on. When I am on meltdown and I don't have the space and opportunity to actually melt down and these kids need dinner, they need a new coat, it's like, you want to just be in your room, like, how many more things, because I cannot, I can't, and nobody wants you to be like, nobody wants to hear you say, okay, let me, let me just be honest, I don't like when people say nobody, the people closest to you that you think should be supporting you, do not give you the space to say, I don't even want to be a mom today. I don't want these kids here. I don't want my mother. I don't want the responsibility of any of this. If I could just be honest, I just want to be on a beach, worried about nobody but myself. And I really don't even want to be worried about myself.
1: I want somebody to be worried about me. About me. Right. Exactly. Let me just let me just be. Let and me- that's it. I'm not asking for nothing. Not I asking for nothing. I, I got my bottle of water at this think. beach and I'm cool. That's I- it.
0: Because people really do make it hard to say this is too much. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, they're like, but that's your mom. And I love
1: her. Like, I don't know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love her and I I get that. But why can't I say this is too much? Why can't I say that? Why, why, Why is it your responsibility to try to remind me of something that I know is my responsibility?
1: Absolutely. And
0: sometimes I can't, I just don't want it. I, I I or like,
1: you hear, ah, you're complaining.
0: It, especially from I'm people complaining. Are, it's like, oh, you're complaining. If I had my mom today, and it's like two things can be you true. would be complaining too. <laughs> you miss your parent, and I get that. But not only do I miss my parent because this lady ain't the same lady from last year right. but I also miss me I miss right. kids I miss a relationship if I had one I miss looking for one if I didn't like yep. I a, it's a <laughs> lot you know it's a lot of things I miss in this stage you know, in the midst
1: of it Yeah. you
0: don't hear a lot of conversation about that especially from you know women i feel like especially from women in our age group it it just kind of seemed like anytime that people hit 40 you start hearing about like oh i'm liberated i'm free i'm doing all these things but it's just like no i sometimes feel really lost in this space because um there's so much transitioning happening your kids are teenagers you're trying to figure out yourself now your mother is sick and you have to and, and there's no way to prepare for that you can't be like okay mm-hmm. well, when I hit 45 then I'll prepare for my mom getting sick or when I hit 49 yeah. you know you don't know when that's going to happen and that thing is so sudden it really does take over life it takes over when you have to spend how many days were you at the hospital with your mom do you remember
1: To the point where my job was in jeopardy, okay. <laughs> literally to the point where, you know, I had um, probably a caseload of 60 people that, that were seniors that I was responsible for. Um, and I could barely get my work done. Yeah. because I would take my laptop to the hospital, but then you're at the hospital and they're coming in for this test and they're coming in after the test. They're asking this question and that question, when's the last time she did this? And when's the last when's the last time you saw her baseline and this and that? And you're like trying to answer questions. You're trying to do your work and then you're looking at the clock because you got to pick up your kids. When I tell you, I literally would go from my house, drop off all my children, go to the hospital, be there all day at the end of the day, work day, I would leave there, go back, pick up all my kids, take them home, fix something to eat real quick, take my son to football practice, sit there because I was too scared to leave him at football practice by himself because he could get injured. So I would sit there at football practice, which is about three hours, do work still, go home, get them in order, and I'd shoot to the hospital and stay there till about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then I would come home, go to bed and start it all over again the next day. So literally it was, I'm eating on a road You know, I have enough time at home, literally to take a shower, go to sleep for a couple hours and then just start fresh again the next day. You know, and you have people say you need to go home. Well, there's nothing you could do there. There's questions that I can answer here. Mm -hmm. And the thing of it is, is when you do go home, like now I'm to the point of she goes into the hospital. I do go home. But guess what they do? Call you at 30, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, scare you half to death. Thank They're you. like, hi, is this Renee? I'm calling and, and you're like dying because you're like, did something happen? And then that big whelm of guilt comes over you that I wasn't there. And you're getting ready to tell me something crazy that I don't really want to hear. And how am I going to process? Within that little bit of few seconds, you literally think something happened. I'm guilty because I wasn't there. How am I going to process this? How do I tell my kids? How do I keep myself together enough where I'm not screaming through the house and scare everybody half to death? All within, oh, well, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you should have told me. Please tell me that first. Start there. So, I mean, when she she had a heart attack in August of 2018, I don't think I really came out of the hospital with my mom until... Maybe October ish, whenever she came home for a while, and my mom's sister came to town to visit, and she took over a lot of it. But then when she left and went back to California, it was right back on again after that. And it has been a very slippery, up and down slope. I mean, it's like being on the steepest, deepest, waviest roller coaster possible for. Months like never getting off, you just never really truly off of the roller coaster, never off the roller coaster. You know, you have I, these
0: spurts. These uh, when I told that phone call, I got to a point where I was just letting them go to voicemail and then reading the voicemail because I was so afraid that while I was at home, somebody was going to call me and say,
1: she ain't here we're sorry yeah we're sorry we did everything we can
0: every call and you're right it is it is literally maybe like a minute maybe a minute and a half of the most panic internally and and you don't even hear most of what they first start saying because you're like "Get! I know she did I know she did I know she did and you're like let me just prepare my mind get your mind together because they're gonna say it and then you hear uh-huh. nothing then you get an anger because you're like well why didn't you and like start there you know we in critical times why didn't you start there but I can't right right this lady out on the phone giving me information yes. promise it. it is such a roller coaster of emotion in mm-hmm and it keeps happening because every time you go home you get a call you get a call like at least at least once a day but you're gonna get yes. that and you're just in these mini panics all day uh-huh. and then yep. that all regulate that all you know transfers to everybody else all day because
1: how, how do you come down from that easily is there yeah. i don't think you do it's, you it's, know for me it's like a it's a it's yeah. a trauma after trauma, after trauma, after trauma, after trauma. And eventually, physically, that affects us. Yes. You know, that affects us. You know, how you look, how you feel, how you present yourself, your character starts to change. Like everything about you is starting to get altered mm-hmm. based on these many traumas that become a, a huge trauma at some point. You know, it's like a significant thing.
0: It just always happens that I feel like when when I hear. Um, like, people in their 50s and their 60s, and they start talking about how they don't, they care less about, you know, the smaller things, and, like, they're not afraid to say no and all things. I feel like all of these factors are what contribute to that, because, Absolutely. you know, it's not just a it's not just a shift where just, you know, I don't know what happened. It's because you hit about 40, and there's, you've had so many experiences, especially, you know, if you have, like, these like you said these traumas that happen and then you you know you've been a parent or you you've been a caregiver in some way and then you turn around and you're just like you know what that little thing you talking, that thing you're talking about that's
1: small I don't care yeah. <laughs> and how does that affect you? it doesn't yeah. we're good <laughs> we're good
0: it's it's okay
1: it
0: is I, I think that's how that shift happens because when you have to go through these traumas, because I know other people who are not caregivers, even if they have parents who are, you know, considered medically needy in some way they're not the caregiver they don't have the same attitude because they don't understand that type of stress but I think it's the same as people who don't have children when when you talk about like I have to do this thing and they're just kind of like you know what you just get a so-and-so to do it and it's like well because my children you know the, the effect on my children if I don't show up to this thing or you know I know it sounds yeah. crazy but it, it, it I think it's you know all the same where it's just like you really don't understand uh-huh it's trauma I feel like you if you don't have that that call from the hospital all the time there is no way to identify with that fear but the people who have experienced it it's like anytime you say it, you I I can see like that look on your face you can still feel it trying to breathe even talking about it like you you try to still get that breath in because it's like I it you are in a space where you spend a lot of time holding your breath because you're just like Mm -hmm. I don't every time a doctor come in the room you don't know what they're going to tell you and you're just like oh here they come you you know even if you're phone, i'll call you back because i I, here come the doctor because i don't know what they about to tell me you never know it is it is a constant state of anxiety for months because even when they come home Every time they move, and that's that's you know why I did what I did with my kids because it's like every time they move, it's like are you good? Is this time? Should I call emergency? Yeah. Take to the hospital, or you know, and you just you you're afraid to feed them things, you're afraid to drink, yep. let them drink anything. Somebody want to go somewhere? It's like oh, can you, can you go? Like can you go outside by yourself? It it doesn't. It's
1: not. Yeah, it's like one day they're your parents and then it's the next day the hospital is handing you this brand new baby that you didn't have nine months to prepare for 100%. i didn't have nine months to prepare literally my mom walked out of the house she was saying she wasn't feeling good she was having pains in her chest and a whole night we zip over for her to say she wanted to go to the emergency room, room we knew something wasn't quite right because she just my mom just was one of those people who didn't get sick um so when she said ah maybe i should i if you're saying that then we're definitely gonna go lo and behold my mom literally got herself dressed that day put her lipstick on she wasn't feeling great (laughs) went to the hospital walked in on her own was in the process of having heart attacks right you're like oh you had a heart attack blah blah blah. from that day that my mom had her open heart surgery On, she hasn't been the same person. She has not been the same person. She walked in there independently and almost crawled back home. You know, from that, I mean, hooked up to machines. I mean, when I tell you, so much has happened, it's hard to even remember. Like I'll look back at pictures and I'm like, I forgot about that. I forgot that they put a pick line in. I forgot that they had a catheter in her neck. I forgot that they, you know, did this surgery and this, do her leg and this and that. I forgot I had to wash her up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One of the most humbling things is when you have to physically give your parent a shower. You know, mom, is it okay? Are you okay with me washing you up here? Because you know that they can't handle it. It needs to be done but you don't want to degrade them yes. or embarrass them because you're the child in the situation, but you're caring for them as if you're the parent, you know? Um, and a lot of things my mom doesn't remember from when she was significantly ill then, you know, when she started to come back around to being more normal And I would say, mom, do you remember when, da, da, da. And we'll be joking. I'd be like, girl, you can't talk about me because I had to change your butt. You know, just joking. It's real, but it was like in the joke text. And she'd be like, get out of here. You ain't never changed my butt. And, And you're like stuck. Like, no, seriously, I really did. You don't remember that? She's like, what? Yeah, yes, yes, for real. That really had to happen And We've showed her videos from when she was sick, and the expression and look on her face is just like, whoa, where was I mentally that I don't remember this? I see that this is happening and I see how I'm talking and how I look, but it's like that's not even me. And you're looking like, yeah, this was you. You don't remember that? And they don't, they don't remember, you know? I have my mom, like when they told me, so probably she had the heart attack 2018 and I'm sure, you know, just reading up on dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that, traumas hit, which now I'm like, I better re- reduce some of these traumas because I don't want to have dementia, but traumas are a significant factor in your mental status decline, right? Um, And with that, I'm looking back at some of the things that happened. That heart attack was very traumatic. The loss of independence was very traumatic for my mother. Having to give away her car keys because she can no longer handle a motor vehicle. And she thought that she could. But so many things were happening that I was like... Legally, I couldn't take her keys away from her, say, so you can't drive anymore. It would have had to come from a doctor to take her driver's license away. And the doctor was like, well, really, because she hasn't had this infraction and that infraction, she can still drive. And I'm looking like, no. She cannot. <laughs> like, what are you Doctor, I, no offense to the work that you've done and your years of expertise, however, common sense should supersede your years of uh, studying how do you tell somebody who has driven from mcdonald's to her house hundreds of times from one neighborhood to her neighborhood literally hundreds of times she's with my son she goes past her street to turn on to go to her house goes to the giant eagle that she's used to going to turns around there and comes back so she can remember how to get home my son got to me he said mom nana went all the way to John eagle (laughs) turned around and came back down and they could remember he said because i told her nana you missed the street and she said oh no that's okay so in my mind i'm thinking that happened more than once Mm. that has happened multiple times i just wasn't aware of it but my son was there to witness it and was able to to verbalize that to me and for the doctors to say oh know I'm like, so she has to kill herself or kill somebody else in order for you to say she shouldn't drive anymore? Can we be proactive here?
0: And literally that, I was like, Yeah, we're done. is um very frustrating because my mom had a very quick progression. Her dementia came quick. Like she was literally um went to lunch with her friends one day and then woke up that night said so she couldn't breathe we went to the hospital she had a heart attack and we have been we have been different ever since um but um legally she was allowed to still be the person to make decisions for herself although she didn't even know where she was what she was doing i had to get guardianship over my mother and but for a long it was like a good year i wasn't allowed to really make any decisions for her but right. he can't make
1: decisions
0: and so we were in a limbo because my mom they would say things like oh you know we're gonna run a test and she would be like "Oh, i'm not getting no test yeah, exactly. and so- i'll be like you getting the test and they're like well if she doesn't want the test
1: and you're like wait a minute wait I know people have the right to choose but when they're cognitively incoherent and I don't mean unconscious I mean cognitively incoherent you cannot make reasonable decisions for yourself you see that she's not making reasonable decisions for herself and that's okay because she has the right to choose
0: she she is the guardian of herself her person and I'm like oh my gosh because um one of the things and I I I try it's hard for me sometimes to be like I know what you feeling because I didn't have a slow progression um the other problem was my mom was an alcoholic and when she got sick the very first time was the first well that's not true my mom was an alcoholic and depression was really starting to take over so I told her that I wanted her to come move into the house with me but one of the stipulations was she can't drink here we don't, we don't drink here. And so she started to, you know, come down, but you know, with an addiction, you don't get clean the first couple of months or the first year, you just starting to sober up a little bit. Yep. yep. One of the things when she first got sick was like you said, when they're asking about a baseline and I was like,
1: yo, I don't even know what the baseline is. I don't. Yeah. like, what do you want me to, how far back do you want me to go yep. to find a baseline? Because what you're asking me for is impossible.
0: I don't know what the base of, I don't know. She just stopped drinking, you know, like my mom, I think my mom had been living with me maybe two years before she got sick. But the first year she was still sneaking and trying to go, you know, get little mini bottles. And and she was like drinking outside or she would go somewhere with her friend and have a drink. And I was like, mom, I'm so serious. Like, you're not gonna be able to do this. But when my mom got sick, um, it was like right at the beginning of COVID. Nobody was looking for COVID, so there is a belief that she had COVID, and the trauma from the COVID accelerated her dementia. So mm-hmm. some things that she would do, I didn't know if I didn't know to look for them and think that they were dementia. I thought it was because her mom, you know, was trying to dry out from the alcohol. So my mom, right, when uh, the year before at Thanksgiving. She took the turkey out the freezer and she put it in the sink to defrost, but she um she um made uh dish water so it was in uh a, a, a thing of uh sudsy water. Now it was still in the package and everything, but she had got the water because her mom equated the sink with doing dishes, but initially yep. she was trying to defrost the turkey. So when I came in, it's a just a, a bunch of bubbles and a turkey. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah.
0: like, what's going on here and she was like oh well you're you like getting defensive and then I remember one time we went to the store and I was telling her um when we go in the store don't forget that you were looking for such and, such. and she snapped you're not the boss of me I know what I'm doing and at the time I was just like okay attitude but now I know that she knew that there were something starting to forget yep getting upset because she thought maybe I started to see it you know Mm I remember the time when my mom got herself together to go to the doctor and then she came home like I was like you know you want me to go with you and she was like no and I was like okay cool and she came back home like quick and I was like you that was fast like how you get home so quick and she was like "Um, um yeah I wrote it down wrong so she went on the wrong day and i figured that out later you know and it was these small things that now i know were signs but because i didn't know what a baseline is i didn't my mom to me my mom has always been spacey but she's always also been drunk so i don't know you know right if she was spacey because that's her personality or is she drinking or now is it because she's the you know dementia is coming i didn't know what was happening so Literally, she went in. She was sick. We she we were there for seven days. She came. I mean, eleven days. She came home, and then I can't remember now if it was the next day or two days. But it was no more than two days. We was right back with the same issue. And after that, she never came. Like my my mother never came back. There is a woman mm-hmm. whose name is Pam that I helped to take
1: care of now. But my mother that's not
0: never came back.
1: Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that, and and it's funny that now you look back; those things were happening before you knew that they were happening. Um, literally, my daughter and I were talking, <clears throat> and I was like, "Remember when this happened? Remember when that? Ha-? Those are all little signs that these that this was happening. We just didn't know." Just thinking, oh, you just forgot. And like you said, my mom was a bit spacey. <laughs> just stuff where you're like, that doesn't even make sense. Why did you do that? Yes. And she'd be like, oh, I don't even know. And to us, it was nothing because that's just that's just Nana. That's just who my mom was, right? Her, her ambulation being off. That's just how my mom was. Not knowing that these are all little snippets and signs that we just missed um so I feel you whenever you say like you feel like she went to sleep one day woke up and it's somebody else because I can remember sitting at my mom's dining room table and we were talking about um a family reunion that we were going to go to and it was extended family so my mom was talking about extended family members children and she kept putting them in this text that just did not make sense and I was like why are you saying that I was like that's not his daughters why are you saying that but she's like yeah 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 yes and i'm like oh she's not joking you're really serious with what you're saying and i was like that's so bizarre i don't know why she's saying that that was weird brought it up to my daughter she was like yeah she's something weird to me too the other day but we just blew it off like nothing and i really feel like when she had the heart attack that skyrocketed everything her being very sick um Going into having to have the um, pick lining and the catheter here and in and out of the hospital, this doctor, that doctor, this doctor, that doctor. I think those things. And then, two, I took on a lot of things for her. Oh, I'll do that, mom. You rest. I'll do this. I'll do that. And by me doing those things, that kind of stole her independence without me knowing I'm thinking I'm helping her when in reality, it was kind of taking away her independence, but those were things that I saw that I felt that she couldn't really do right now for herself. She wasn't strong enough to do these things right at this moment, you know, for herself. Um, I don't know, I don't know, it's tough.
0: I wonder now, for me, I I noticed like when I'm talking to my friends, I will advise them, like, I know you think that this thing is small, but you probably should talk to your parents about if these things happen, what would you like for me to do, because, like, like we know now there have been little signs, and Mm -hmm. signs because we didn't know to look for them. Now, I always try to encourage my friends to be like, you know, I know that sound like it's nothing and I might sound crazy because of what I went through. But like, talk to your parent because if if something happens, you can't have the conversation later to be like, so what do you want me to do now? Because they don't know. They don't even know things are happening, you know? And so right. um, w- would you suggest, you know, that like, with the smaller things to start speaking to your parents about like this I know I know you don't want to talk about this, but yeah. you know, it's maybe, important. maybe we should just address because we hear so much time about people talking about, you know, maybe preparing if you lose a parent or how it feels if you lose a parent. but when you when your parents have dementia,
1: you, you lose your parent, but they're here.
0: And and that is one of the hardest things I say all the time. Like, again, Pam is here, but my mom is not here, exactly. mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell people like my I, I lost a parent because people who have physically lost a parent don't under don't understand this because I lost a parent and I have to prepare to lose a parent,
1: it like. Is, yeah
0: that thing cuz again you never really know and once they have dementia you never really know how much longer they have because it accelerates a lot of other things and you know i just feel like you know is there something that is there anything that you would advise people in our age bracket to maybe discuss with their parents there's something that you wish you had had a discussion about not of course we didn't know that we may have we should have but now know. Uh-huh. is there anything uh-huh. that you wish that you had discussed with her about finances or or even you know um if if you have a third or a seventh or a fifth heart attack what do you want me to do or um you know, or, or is there anything like that that you
1: wish that you had discussed,
0: or that that got people to discuss?
1: I would say the first thing to discuss would be what is their wishes. What is it that you want me to do? We, I did ask my mom. So when, even after her heart attack, and she was able to make some decisions, like for herself, there was some clarity. She was exhausted, but there was some clarity there where I said to her, I said, hey, while you're clear, and I literally said it like, while you're clear in your mind, (laughs) I need to know what it is you want. Because the first thing the hospital asks you is do you want your mother or father to be resuscitated? Mm -hmm. Is there a DNR? As the child, I don't care how old you are, as the child of this person, Answering that question is one of the most difficult questions you will answer because that part makes me a little emotional. (laughs) When you say it's DNR, you are literally saying, let my parent die. That's what it is. You have to know what your parent wants. My mother was a nurse for years. Okay. She's always said, I do not want to be on the ventilator. Don't do that to yourself and don't do it to me. She said, I've watched kids suffer looking over their parent who's physically, their body physically turns to like mush because you lose your muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that their parent cannot live without this machine with the hopes that their parent will come back. When in reality, if your parent were to come back heart beating on its own, how what kind of life will they have? Because now they are mush. They don't know how to use any of their muscles. They don't know how to eat on their own. They can't drink on their own. Their heart may beat, but it may beat faintly. You know, so for me, when we filled out my mom's power of attorney paperwork, um, that question is on there. And you have to write That down on that paper, I wrote everything out and I got there and I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I looked around the table. I looked at my brother, my daughter and my sister-in-law and I said, I can't write this. I cannot write those three letters. It's three letters, D-N-R, three letters. I said, I can't write that. I can't. It's like I'm signing my mom's life away and I can't be the person to do that part. And my sister-in-law works in the field with seniors. And she was like, I'll do it for you. And I was like, somebody else has to do it because I can't do that part. I can do everything else. I can fill out everything else. I just can't fill that piece out. Every time your parent goes into the hospital, they are going to call you randomly and give you a heart attack. Yes. And in the midst of that conversation, they're going to ask you. I hate to ask you this, but we ask all patients who come into the hospital, this question. And before they can even get there, I'm like, it's DNR. Please don't ask me again. I say, and I always say too, as her child, I don't agree. (laughs) As a human being, I totally agree because that's what my mom's wishes are. And I know that because of how weak her heart is, if you were to do CPR on her, you're doing more harm. To my mom, just if, she's, if her heart goes, let her be at peace. I want her to pass peacefully. I don't want you breaking her ribs in the process. I don't want you breathing in her mouth. And you bring her back and her heart is faint. Now she's more damaged and injured and in pain than she would have been had you let her just go in peace. Ask your parents that. That's that's my biggest thing is ask them what do they want? And then be really honest with yourself um and what and know what you can handle because you may do that. And then if you've ever your mom had a heart attack, did she have to have open heart surgery?
0: No, she did not have open heart surgery. Um she actually didn't have any surgeries that I remember, but she went into a coma. And so we had the coma for a very long time because I remember at one point coming into the hospital going, how long do we do this? Mm -hmm. Because I was just like, we just coming in here looking at her. She is not responding to anything. How long do we keep her in this way? And I had the feeling of today, I have the feeling of the guilt of telling them to bring her back for when, the third the 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 third heart attack she had after the second one they were saying like what do you want us to do if she has another heart attack? And my brother and my brother's and my mom's sister were like one hundred percent do all the tell them to do all the work that they have to do, all all the work they have to do. Every time that they brought her back, she was worse, mentally worse. And now she don't she doesn't eat food, she literally eats no food. They have to. They had to put a, a, a pick in and that is True. the only way, the feeding tube in, and that's the only way she gets any nutrients. My mom has been in a nursing home since 2020. My mom has no clue what year it is. She has no clue that she's been in a nursing home for two years. She doesn't have a clue that she's in a nursing home. A lot of days she just thinks she got work. Like she mm-hmm. does not know she's here in a way that I feel like I don't hold guilt for holding her here for people who, I, just to be honest, they don't go visit her. And so I held her here for people who- And you all aren't even here. And y'all aren't here. And I feel so bad because I kept her here to have not, not nothing like the life she had before. And I still wait for the calls. I still wait for the calls of she you know I still get the calls that she fail, well, she's really not eating, and she's dropped more pounds and i it it is
1: devastating
0: devastating and so i I got the call um because I have total guardianship over my mother um I got the call. Where they wanted to know again, and we just had this call maybe like a week ago about we need to revisit the DNR. You know what should we do? And in my mind, I know that it made sense, but it was really hard to say it. And so I'm thankful for her facility. She has a, she's in a good facility, and I'm thankful for her facility for the staff being like, I know you don't want to say this, and all I kept saying was. My fear is if I say, you know, do everything, who gonna come back now? Because her right. numbers are so low right now. What what really will I bring back? The possibility mm-hmm. of bring having them bring back even less than who she is today. Just for maybe they can, but then what if I don't even get who she is today? I I sat there for about 10 minutes and then they said, well, let's all just be honest. We have had extreme traumas every time that we, you know, your mom has gone to the hospital and they had to resuscitate her and maybe just for, you know, the quality of life, it would make sense to to um do a dnr and i was just like well if everybody because you also feel guilty like you're like you said you're telling all these people and it, and it sounds like you're saying like let her go you know you're just like yep, yep. it looks bad i'm the child i shouldn't i shouldn't tell people right like you're like you want to be in the yep. room like right right i i shouldn't say this i i right now you say it like, you, say, right. you say. You say. You tell me. So, and then I just nod. You tell me to do it, and then I'll just be like, yep. "Well, if you say do it, then." But they're waiting. Then okay. You to say it, and yeah, and it is, it is, it is very hard. And that too, having to talk to like who you feel like are your your spaces, to be like, mm-hmm. I had to sign a DNR for my mom today. Mm-hmm. People are just like, "Oh, that sounds rough," and it's just like, right. you don't know. There is a. <laughs> All the way from my toes, that yes. is eating me up, and I want to scream and holler, but there's nowhere to scream and holler at. And you feel like, like you said, I just signed a paper that said
1: she won't be back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like that's um, and, and to be clear for people to understand, DNRs do not resuscitate, <laughs> meaning no CPR, no life sustaining anything. It's literally, they go into this heart attack, their heart stops and they back off until it completely stops. And then they give you the time that the person has passed away. And this is the person that's known you longer than you've known yourself, you know, Nobody has known you as long as your mom. Not even your dad. Your mother. Them extra nine. Listen, you were inside of her body. Her body is what kept you alive. What kept you warm. What kept you protected. How do you say? You know, and then what happens whenever, like, so initially. Well, my mom had that, that heart attack, the initial heart attack. And we were in an emergency room. And she was, you know, like I said, she walked out of her house, lipstick going, got herself dressed, earrings in, did her hair, whole nine. So she was clear. They asked her that in the hospital. And she said, well... And at that moment, my response to that well, and then my daughter's response to the well is what made my mom say, do CPR. I know for a fact, my mom, that's not what she wanted mm-hmm. from the door. But because I broke down in that moment, like, mom, what do you mean? What about us? So selfish, yeah. when you think about it, such a selfish statement to say to somebody about their how what they want done with their life. Mm-hmm. I said, what about us? you're okay with just leaving us here? Like, I'm grown. I have four kids. My daughter at the time was grown. My brother's grown. My nephews are grown. To say that, you know, um, and that's why she made that decision. Okay, yes, we'll just do. It. And then once she got, like, like I said, the heart attack thing was, was one thing. I don't know. So to go to the hospital, see somebody after they have a heart attack There's more tubes and cords and wires and machines and stuff Mm -hmm. hooked up. You can't even lean in to give this person a kiss because there's cords and there's wires and there's machines beeping, all different types of beeps. And every beep that went off, I'm literally like, What does that mean? What does this mean? And I'm trying to think of ER to show and (laughs) You do get a mini mini medical degree. You get a mini medical degree. I always say people should call me Dr. Austin after this. Yes. Seriously, because I'm now I'm going in and I'm saying she has shuffling gait and she's unstable on her feet and she's had tachycardia and she's, And they're like, are you in the medical field? I'm like, no, I absolutely despise the medical field. I would never go into the medical field. Years ago, getting my education, I've never been interested in medical anything. I've never liked the hospital. I don't really care to be around sick people, period. Not that kind of sick, where you could just drop. (laughs) Where I'm like, that's just never been my thing at all. That's always been like a fear for me. And to be standing in the midst of all of this, and attempting to make a decision. And like you said, you have a brother and you have an aunt and the same thing for me. I have to keep in mind, what would my brother want in a snap moment where I don't have time to call him and say, hey, let's talk about X, Y, Z. You don't have time. You don't have time to talk about those things. You have to make a snap decision real fast. And in those snap decisions, am I making the right decision? Yep. That's your thought. And there's so much pressure and there's so much guilt that comes from that. Do you know what I mean? And then, like you said, your mom is in a nursing facility. I have to make the decision now. She has 24 hours care. And I think a lot of times, like she goes into the hospital and they're like, well, she has 24 hours care. Yeah, but we're sending her home to non-medical people. Not that they're not good at what they do because they're excellent. A lot of them are excellent at what they do. However, they are still not medical professionals. So me saying, hey, you need to make sure my mom goes to the bathroom and get her brief changed every two hours or empty her bladder every two hours may not happen because guess what? Jackie might be like, nope. Yep. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking my meds today because that's where we are now. We're not taking meds. My mom has significant heart medication. She has diabetes medication. She has all kinds of meds. And it's like, Where do I maintain my patience after I've been at work all day and I work with the public and people who may be in need or may be in crisis? And I've dealt with a lot of crises through the day um, or other people who may need things. And then the school's calling because, oh, this paper needs to be signed or this person was late to class or this or that or, mom, I have football practice, I have cheerleading practice, I need to do this. And we're getting ready for college. And you have all this tugging and pulling on you all at one time. And now you don't want to take your meds. (laughs) <laughs> really or the workers calling hey your mom's refusing to take her major i can't get your mom to move from the dining room table i can't get your mom um out of the bed she doesn't want to get up or she won't let me change her i can't get her washed up and you're just like i want to say stop calling me yeah. yes stop calling me i don't know what to tell you what do you want me to do i can't not go to work and come here And do this right now. So now it's to the point where I'm like, if she refused meds, circle back around in 10 minutes and make it like it's her idea. Oh, Miss Jackie, remember you said you wanted me to get your meds. Well, here they are. Try that. It might work. It might not. I don't know. I can't guarantee you. And every time I come to her, she's a different person. You know, everyone's like, oh, how is your mom? And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know and nobody wants to hear that i don't know no I don't
0: know who she is.
1: what do you mean you don't know you haven't been over there well aren't you talking to the doctors well you need to call this doctor and that doctor and this doctor and that doctor and take her to this appointment and that appointment well, what do you mean well has she had a bath has she had to shower has she had her hair washed what do you mean you can't take her up the steps or down the steps or here mm-hmm. literally last monday I get all the way to, I drop off all of my children for school. I get all the way to work. I'm just getting ready to get settled. And I get a text message that the other worker called off because her mom is sick. And I'm like, oh my God, I knew that her mother was sick. We've talked about this before. So now I'm an empath, period. So I feel what the worker is feeling about her mother. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, you got to go and do what you got to do for your mom. Oh, guess what? Now I'm in crisis because- I have to work. I'm supposed to be leaving work to go do what I have to do for now. my mother because there's nobody to do that. And I think a lot of times people forget that piece where it's like, I still have a responsibility and obligation to my job. I need to be here because guess what? If I don't work, nobody eats. No bills are paid. We don't sustain living without me working, right? So now it's like, Oh my God, I know the list of responsibilities I have for work that I needed to accomplish for the day, but now I have to leave and go do what I need to do for my mother, which means get her out the bed, get her washed up, get her dressed, get her breakfast, but I'm still supposed to be in the Zoom meeting at the same time. I'm supposed to still be in supervision.
0: She don't know to be quiet when I turn this computer yeah. on. She doesn't know, you know, she don't care. Not, she don't not even that she don't care. She don't know that she should care.
1: Right. Hey Rone, Uh yeah, and, and you're like in a meeting, like, um, excuse me. One minute. hmm And then and, and,
0: and when my mom got sick, like I said, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So there was a there was a good couple of months where I couldn't even see her. The hospitals were shut down. I couldn't wait. And when I got back to when they were like, well, you know, we could do some visits. Well, literally, that's not true. I didn't see my mom until they called me. They told me we have done everything we could do for her here. There's nothing else that we can do. They moved my mom to a different hospital. They took center to the brain center. The brain center was like, there ain't nothing we could do. We don't know. And the next time I saw my mom, my mom was in the nursing home because they called me one day and was like, there's nothing else we could do for her. Do you want us to attend um, and have her come to your house? I don't even know who are you sending? <laughs> I, at that point, they were like, she can't walk. She barely talks. She, she can't do it. And I was just like, I haven't even seen her like there was They weren't doing Zooms then. They weren't doing anything. I She just literally was uh, was gone. It, it, there was a part of me that literally lost my mother because COVID, I couldn't do anything. So when they called him, was just like, do you want to bring her home? I was just like, I don't. The reason why she ended up in a nurse's home is because I didn't even know who, I don't know who you're sending here. I don't know how- And much- can you handle her? I don't know how so much- So they're sending her- think. I can't, right. no I'm just going off with somebody who I, another person on the phone who I've never seen just being like, well, you know, she she can walk 20 steps. Her room is upstairs. How do I get her there? I like what? And so I, I was just like, I can't bring her home. I have to go to work. I can't bring her home. And the only other people who were here were two were my two boys I was just like I can't leave my my boys to wash their grandma like and then what do they do in a crisis that we would panic in and they're they're, my my oldest son I think was he just turned 20 the other one was 19 I'm gonna make this 20 and 19 year old boys young men Wash up their grandma, worry about when she's eating, make sure she's eating. The report in. Like they don't they don't know any of this. That. They don't know report in how many times did she use the bathroom? Did she use the bathroom? Go wash your grandma, wipe your grandma's butt. Like what what are we talking about? And so I was just like, she has to go to a facility. When people heard that I was going to take her, send her to a facility, it was like, I said that I was going to put her up against the wall and Valentine's day mess And everybody was just like, you're going to leave her. You're going to. And I was like, this is the first point of relief that I've had y'all don't even understand because when she's in the hospital I never know if they're saying it's getting worse it's getting better when they told me she was going to the nursing home it was for me it felt like they had said we had hit a plateau
1: yes like she's actually stable enough to leave here it's safe for her to leave here and when you feel it's safe for them to leave the hospital it's like oh okay good it's it's safe you know, because most people don't get to leave but the got, hospital.
0: She got the nurse home. Nurse home was closed too. Right. All of twenty twenty, we never saw her. Um, my mom got sick in January. The first time we went to the hospital was January. By March, they had shut everything down. I didn't mm-hmm. see my mom again until she went into the hospital. In April of 20, she went to nursing home April of 2021. We just, it was just, I, no, I'm sorry, April of
1: 2020.
0: Mm-hmm. 2020, she went to the nursing home. They then let us have a um window visit in July because it was her birthday. They put her to the window and we stood out. That was it. And that was the first time I saw my mom through a window for 30 minutes. We were sitting outside yelling in like, hey, mom. And she don't even know what's happening. Um, And my mom had locks when she went into the hospital. When I first saw her, it was one matted thing because they didn't know whether or not for religious reasons, we didn't want her hair cut. So nobody would cut her hair, but... Because of COVID, nobody was going in and doing hair and things like that. The salons were closed at the nursing home. So um, literally, I saw her in July. Um, They then did for Father's Day. um, No, the first time we saw her was Mother's Day. For Mother's Day, what they did was they brought everybody outside the facility and you could drive past we had to do a drive-through, like how everybody was doing, and it it seemed so Mm -hmm. cute. They were doing all these drive-through birthdays and things.
1: Like, that's not cute when the person can't even follow that you're in this vehicle going past. And she's just like,
0: she don't even know it's us. There wasn't time, you weren't allowed to stop and be like, Mom, I love you. We just literally drove past. And then the next time was in that window. And then the next time after that, I think was, around Thanksgiving was the first time they let us in. It was like October Thanksgiving. And um, I remember asking her, do you want me to bring a plate? And she was like, no. And they, she has not eaten at all. We went back to the hospital that next February that's when they were just like okay we can't get her to eat anything we're gonna have to put the the tube in because she's taking no nutrients and at this point the only thing they can get her to consume are the baby cans of inshore. and um she don't even drink all of those because she forgets and she feel like she already drank some so she's not going to drink anymore
1: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. it's
0: still the guilt that people are like did you go see your mom today did you go see your mom today no I did not because I have to do a thousand other things now I'm grateful that you can do video calls so I could video call her and still do my laundry or you know do the dishes and talk to her but people don't understand that when when I do the video calls <clears throat> my mom can read she can't comprehend things but she can read so she knows that if she touches the screen if she scrolls up it'll say end and she hitting it because in <laughs> just means like she knows that word so she hit it so i'll be talking and then she just hang up that's it you're like my mom can't walk so she's in a wheelchair and if her mind decides that she wants to go over there she just start leaving and i'm on the phone i'm on the thing like mom, mom 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 come come back real quick let me talk to you and she's like i'll be back and then she just leaves yeah and she don't remember to come back She don't remember to come back so i'll sit there for for 10 minutes waiting for her to come back she ain't coming back and now i feel bad if i hang up because now i look bad because i hung up because what if she does come back <laughs> what if she comes back but yeah, when i sometimes I just have to be honest it is hard to come into the space where she doesn't recognize me she doesn't know me there was a long time when I was just like filling up because people always go like but she knows who you are right she knows who you are right and you're like I don't know and right. so when you go to the nursing home you always have to wear a name tag right so I was telling people she does know who I am well one time I went with my daughter and she called my daughter by another daughter's name and I said sometimes she does that she you know she doesn't really know people and I said I don't even really know if she knows who I am hold on so I took my tag off and then I said again to my mom what's her name and she looked at her again and she gave a name that wasn't even my daughter's name and my daughter looked a little sad and I said what's my name and she looked and she said where's your paper then I realized she doesn't know who I am. She's been reading my name. And when we're on the screen, our names are on the screen. She's calling me Danny because it says Danny. She doesn't know that I'm me. So when I when the paper came off, she, I said, I said, oh, I dropped my paper, but what's my name again? And she gave me somebody else's name. She did not know it was me. I am not her daughter. I am a person who comes in there and the amount of emotional effort, emotional labor that it takes to go to a place where you are familiar. And I don't know because I haven't had it where I had to go to my mom's house, but I imagine that when you are familiar with the space and you're familiar with the face that you're seeing but that person does not know you to have people say to you but she knows who you are right and to have to say no no she don't she don't know who I am she doesn't remember that I have five kids my mom sometimes when i see her she does know something like something happens so she'll tell me like um if you take me home, um, I can watch the kids for you, or I can take the kids to school for you. They're grown, you know? So, and, but then there'll be those little glimpses where you see like your, your mom. And then you will be like, mom, quit playing. Then, if you know how to do like, then like stop playing and be, be you like, let's go. And it's not there. And Uh he, my mom brings up a lot of people that she remembers. Everybody she remembers is dead everybody my mom remembers she don't talk about nobody alive but she talk about a thousand people she'll tell me oh i went to the store with and oh i just had to oh i'm going to lunch with and none of these people are alive she don't know me and i don't know her and the pressure that people put on you to keep going into that space is unfair it's unfair
1: it's very unfair it's very unfair um i can relate to that like my my at in ones because my mom does these waves. it's weird because it's like a wave like i know who you are then boom it's a decline i don't know who you are i don't know who they are and I, this is not my house i need to leave it's time for me to go um threatening to leave the house getting her shoes we've had to hide the shoes We've had to hide keys. Then it got to the point where it didn't matter if she had keys. She was leaving no matter what. And she was going to her house on her street. But this is her old house. Mm -hmm. I said, you only lived in this house (laughs) on this street. That's it. You've never lived anywhere else on this street before. You've never even slept anywhere else on this street before. Um, To go in, she she thought I was her mom. And I'm like, you're my mom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, and that part of her is the real piece of her. that, like, yeah, right, left. She's she, I picked her from the hospital probably maybe a month ago now. And she said, Oh, um, is Deidre outside? Is she does she come with you to pick me up? Is she outside? And I'm like, no, mom, she's not outside this time. That's my sister who passed away 15 years ago. I can't tell her to relive the death of her child again. Mm -hmm. I was on the phone and she thought I was talking to her brother who passed away. We've had a series of people pass away in 2020, only one took over, but for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned these people's names and she's like, oh are they at are they at your house Mm -hmm. no they're not at my house so then it just got to the point like wherever they're buried I just say they're in that city because that's where they live I'm like oh no they're in Johnstown they're fine they're doing really good they're doing really well they're doing better than they were before like legit I'm not lying about that part in my soul like in my belief they're doing better so I'm not lying and they really physically, the body is where I said it was at. Not specifically, but in that city, that's where they are. And I kind of like skirt around that conversation and go to something else because it's hurtful for me to see that she doesn't know, she doesn't remember. And it would be more hurtful to say that that person died and her have to relive that death again. Like the the death itself. Initially was painful enough, but to have to recap and relive that again, is too significant. You know, Um, I think the hardest is like she always knows who my oldest daughter is and she knows who my son is. Now, my two younger daughters, she's always thinking she has to get home so she can get them off the school bus (laughs) or get them from school. Cause that was kind of her role for me was like, I need you to be home. So whenever she gets off the school bus, I need her to be able to get into the house and blah, 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 or, you know, keep a lookout for her coming from the bus or whatever, or go pick up this one from wherever take her to dance class. Those are the things that brought her joy. And she goes back to those things, thinking that that's something that she has to do. Um, But when she doesn't know me, like it so it's always this time of year when when things are haywire. Like it's just super crazy Thanksgiving time because her initial so the heart attack was August. That was 2018. She was in a nursing facility, couldn't remember who I was, where she was, didn't walk, start, stop talking. Just stop talking. You talk to her and she not and I'm like, uh, something's not right here., like, oh, it's probably just dementia I'm like, no, my mom didn't have dementia. like that wasn't something that this wasn't even a discussion at all. So no, that's not what this is. There's something else going on with her. what is what is going on to the point where my nephew, my oldest nephew came to see her. She thought she was he was my cousin who passed away seventeen years ago. and for my nephew, that was the first time he experienced that with my mom and he just kind of smiled. He looked at me. I said just go with the flow of it. Holding I, I hate to say holding your emotions, but you have to kind of hold it. cuz if you start crying and she's going to be looking at you like what, what's wrong? You know, and because she cares about you, she will feel that. Literally literally to the point where my nephew had to walk away away and just break down and have his moment. And all I could tell him was it's 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 okay. I don't know if it's okay for real, but We have to be, we have to find a place of being okay with what's happening. Um, Understanding the reality of losing them. You know, I think for a lot of people who have lost their parents and it was like sudden and they wish that they could say this and they wish that they could say that. And I was like, but we have time to say these things and you still don't know what to say. What do you say? What do you ask? I'm not getting a real answer now. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is i lost my mom and she's still here. It's so hard
0: that reality she's physically here i lost her and people they do give you that no you're much your mom is still here and
1: you're like she's not her body's here it's almost like me going to the grave and digging up my sister and sitting her in a chair her body's there she's not there she is not there
0: and in the very beginning, when I started saying that to, to people, it, uh, you could, I could see on their face that they felt like I was being cold when I'm saying, that's not my mom. That is Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Pam ain't my mom. And me and Pam, we don't know each other.
1: Yeah,
0: And people just looking like,
1: oh my God. How can you say that about your mother? That's still your mom. You're mm-hmm. like, she is. <clears throat> she's, she's physically, that's still her. I see her. But you, that's when you really learn that um, the communication and the contact and the love and the this piece, because you can hug anybody and not feel nothing like somebody. Oh, OK, I hugged you. I feel nothing. You hug your mother. Your whole soul is connected. You know, you hug a family member. You feel the warmth and the generation of that person and the love from that person. And it's very different than when you hug somebody you don't know. You don't give that same energy to strangers, a complete stranger. Oh, here, let me give you a hug. It's different. It's very different. And I said to my daughter last Monday, because I, when I had to go there, I try not to go to my mom's house too often. And people are like, her daughter hardly ever comes here. It is extreme trauma. It is extreme torture when Every- I come here. Yes. I. First of all, I never know what I'm getting into when I come. So to go there last Monday, number one, I don't feel like I ever had anxiety. i had anxiety now because I'm anxious because I don't know what I'm walking into. What am I going to have to endure? I've had my mother fall out on me on the floor where we're like jumping up and, you know, picking her up and sitting her in a wheelchair and checking her vitals and all of this stuff is happening. They're wheeling her off real quick and they're asking me a million questions to, I get to her house and she's completely lethargic and she can't answer me. She can't talk when she starts throwing up. And it's like, whoa, what am I supposed to do with all this? So to go to her house for me is torture. I literally said to my daughter in tears, I don't want to be here. I said, I feel so guilty saying this, but I, I don't, I don't want, I'm not comfortable here. Like my soul's not comfortable here. My body wants to run, I'd fight or flight or get fighting. I'm trying to flee. I'm trying to get away.
0: <laughs> and I feel, I I, I really want to say that I really 100% connect to that. If you've never had anybody ever tell you that they feel what you feel, I 100% am there. I. I. We are together. Because yeah. I identify with that so much. And I want to say, if nobody else has ever said it to you before, you are not wrong in that. You are not a bad daughter. Mm-hmm. You are not, you know, because I've had to just talk to myself and be like, the truth just is a lot of time. I can't handle this. Can't.
1: I do not. And that's
0: okay. Pretend like I can for people who will not come for me. It's so many people who want to put the guilt on you and make you feel bad. Because like you said, this is traumatic every single time that I pull up. This is a trauma for me because I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know who's in this room this time. I don't even know if she's going to be awake and alert. I've gone to that hospital. I've gone to that facility so many times and she just laying in the bed and now I can't wake her up just to make her look at me.
1: Right. So because you, guess what? When it's time for you to leave, those workers now have to deal with whoever you just woke up. Whoever you just woke up. Yeah. And,
0: and you look bad. Uh, there's times when I feel like the facility is like, well, when is she going to show up? And I'm just like, I can't yeah. come. My yep. spirit can't handle it. And, and, you know, it's the holiday season now. Everybody going to be like, where's your mom? How's she doing? Aren't you getting her for Christmas? I'm not getting her anything for Christmas. She doesn't know any of the things. She doesn't want anything. It's not safe to leave things at a nursing home. Even though my mom is at a good one, it's not safe to leave things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I- but there's a guilt to be like so I'm not gonna buy her last year when I would just made the decision I'm not gonna buy her a gift I will take I take and I decorate her room but I do not buy gifts but the guilt of like nothing I don't she don't even know it's Christmas yeah she doesn't know it's Christmas she don't want a Christmas she doesn't you know, I've yeah. got so many of the trinkets that they say to use to try to help the dementia people. And I come, my mom has never used any of those things. Her yeah. mind is not going to tell her, oh, let me try to use the puppet thing. Like, right? unless somebody give it to her and then when they give it to her, she ain't interested in that right now. She don't care. Yeah. Or she's like, and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> You're like,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yep, yep. I I the know. Here for the birthday when I was allowed in the facility I brought her a cupcake like mom here's a cupcake she's like you eat it and yeah. I was like well I have one and you have one and she's just like
1: so why you brought me that
0: I don't eat food and it's just like but you want to take a little bit of it or I'm saying like you like tea right you want tea and she's just like like I I went to go see her, either Monday or Tuesday. Days are a little shaky still. I went, Girl, to see yes, her Monday or Tuesday this week. And um, one of the other women, there was another woman visiting her mother, and so she's getting her mother something to drink. She's like, "Do you your mother want something?" And so I said, "Mom, do you want some tea? You like tea?" And she was like, "Oh, tea, yes." Did tea come? She was like. I handed it this her. for for, <laughs> and I said it's your tea I don't want tea mm-hmm. I said oh okay she was like but you can have it I don't want any tea put it on the table she's looking at it after a while and she goes somebody left their cup here
1: yeah whose is that
0: I said it's your tea mom don't you want some tea? Oh yeah! So I hand it to her, and she's holding it. Just now, I have to be like, take, take a sip, mom. Take a, take a sip. I'm trying to make her I... enjoy tea. Why? Why am I doing this? She's going to get no pleasure from this. It isn't going to change my day. So, so that I can tell somebody else, I saw my mom drink tea today. People don't get that the trauma of that to, even to, to have to be like, when you leave and you're like, she don't even want to drink tea. Now I that's another thing I got to cross off the list. Sometimes I don't want to cross things off the list. I just want to live no. with what, what I had. I don't want to cross no. another thing. She can't do another thing. She doesn't remember another person. She don't know. Yep. I don't want to cross none of that off the list. I just want to yep. just, <clears throat> just,
1: she, I just want to, I want to be. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I and I, going. then you feel guilty too whenever you're like i just want to be left alone that's all i don't want anybody calling me asking me anything i need anything how's your mom well what about this and what about did you try this and did you try that and th- just please please if it's in regard to that please leave me alone please and then for me like I have to, I know it's here that I need to find somewhere for her to go. Mm -hmm. It's here. Um, With that, she has a house. With that, she has bills. With that, she has her income that comes in. All of these things need to be managed. I've been managing her bills. I've been managing her house. I've been managing her health. I've been managing her. I've been managing her caregivers and that agency and the case manager and my job and my children. And I'm in school full time. So I'm managing that as well. So it's like. Can I just manage the normal things, please, right now? But the the guilt piece of my mom has been in the hospital and they're like, oh, well, we need to make a decision right now because your mom is being discharged today. And we're going to send her to a nursing facility. And Do you have anything in mind? Well, why would I have anything in mind? I've never had to deal with this before. Yes. Oh well, sit. and I don't want to just be like, oh, this one, because this one might be horrible. Which it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So we moved her from one facility into the hospital, and came out of the hospital, went to another facility, and it was equally as horrible. So then she, I, I, um, took her out AMA. Against medical advice, I just, I'm here. I'm taking my mother and we're leaving. Oh, that's against medical advice. Don't care. Call the police. You can call whoever you want to. I'm taking my mom right now and we're leaving. My truck is out front. I'm gathering her items and we're going now. Oh, and then you ask them what medication. I'm not privy to give you that information. So you're not going to tell me if she had meds today or if any medication was changed? No, that's fine. I'm still taking her and we'll just deal with whatever comes our way, but I'm still taking her. And literally that's what I did. Took her home. She was fine for a while, months and months and months. Got another UTI, which always sends her back into the hospital. And I tell them, Hey, she has a UTI. She needs, um, IV medication, oral antibiotics don't work for my mom. Oh no. Well, we're not really comfortable with giving her, please look at her chart. Please look in her history. Her history is going to show that we go, we do the song and dance back and forth over and over again. So that is a fear for me to send her into a nursing facility because then who advocates for that piece? You know, I can advocate for that piece, but then still they're saying, oh, well, we don't, and the doctor comes in in two days. I don't have time to wait for your doctor in two days. My mom gets significantly, you know, she she declines very fast and then she'll become septic. And then you're just going to let her lay here and die? Mm-hmm.
0: Not if I can help I'm it. am grateful that the facility that my mom is at was a higher grade facility, number one. Number two, the two nurses on the floor, one I grew up with, we went to church together. And the other one is the friend to one of my mom's friends. And so- Oh, wow. Out for her, you know? And um, the other thing that I'm very grateful for is my mom's best friend, religiously goes every Monday I'm sorry Tuesday every single Tuesday since they opened up that facility for visitors she is there every single week it does not matter what else is going on when she went on vacation she was like before I go on vacation I will be there the day before I have to change it and when she came back Mm -hmm. she came back because she she was right back but also She has another friend who lives in Erie who religiously every Monday does a video chat with her. So these two women, every single week, the woman who goes in-house, even though I promise you it gets on my nerves, I do not like it. That she will send me text messages and be like, well, I went in there and your mom didn't have that picture. I went in there and your mom didn't, I went in there and she wasn't, I don't like that she does it, but I know for her, it is, it is helping her as well. And I'm thankful yeah. that my mom has somebody who, who has the, the emotional labor time to give to my mom in a way that I don't, you know, um, I, I have to also say, just to be honest, my mother was not the best mother. We did not have a really good relationship until I decided, like, I'm not gonna watch this woman decline because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it also is hard for me because I'm like, we just started getting cool and she got sick, like,
1: right? Like, it's like, now why did this have to happen right now?
0: <laughs> but, um, this woman they were good friends and she has her good friend go in there and rock out with her the facility I still will say to me has been very good to her Um, because my dad is in another facility that's a whole nother story but we had to put my dad in another facility and it is terrible but I don't have any control over his care I can probably guess
1: where that's at we'll talk about that
0: later (laughs) talk about that off camera and it is terrible (gasps) I mean, his television was stolen because he had to go to the hospital one time. And when he came back, it was a yeah. television gone. somebody stole and nobody
1: him. knows where it's at.
0: Nobody has it walked off what happened to it. And my dad can't talk. He literally can't speak at all. Um, he had he had strokes and the strokes have taken his ability to speak or or talk. Uh, or move. So he's immobile and nonverbal now. So when things happen, it's not like he could pick up a phone or send a text message or he could because he can't, we we couldn't even give him a phone. He, before he got in the facility, he had a iPad that he could speak with. Well, you can't keep the iPad at the facility. They steal everything and nobody was charging it. When they first got there, they thought that they could use it, but then you got to rely on because he can't move really we have to rely on staff to charge it. Well, my dad is mean. He is very mean. He's always been very mean. And this sickness, this illness has not humbled him at all. It makes you, you know, it makes you even more ornery because you can't do things. And now that he's in a nursing home, he's really upset. And so uh-huh. this mean person, they are not running in there trying to do nice things for him. And he, you know, so I, but I'm grateful that my mom does not have to be at that facility right right very good to her um and to me in uh these past two years but everybody don't get that a lot of these facilities are really bad they are really bad
1: and it's like who's overseeing this you know this is happening (laughs) you all know this is happening you know why are you allowing this to to go on, and I understand that they're overworked and underpaid. But at the end of the day, you are dealing with somebody's life. So no matter how overworked or underpaid, all of us are overworked and underpaid, and or have been at some point in our lives, in our career. But when you're dealing with the someone's life, and I think what people forget is at some point you're gonna have somebody you care about. In this situation, and you're going to wish to God that people would take care of them how you want them to be taken care of—not how the person wants to do it, but how you want them to be cared for.
0: It is. It is when a you, hard place to be,
1: and yes, you. Been- and I have.
0: People who I get it the the nurses and the aides don't have control over a lot of things, but the people who run these facilities when you go in and they look depressing when you walk in, the walls look terribly depressing when you walk in. They put them in these rooms and there's nothing that's going on.
1: That and the also, smell,
0: the smell, all those things also wear on your psyche when you have to go visit. And yes. It, you you have to prepare yourself when you pull up into the parking lot there's also already a wave of emotion that comes over you and then you go in and you have to sign into a place and you have to be official to go see your mom or dad and you have to you know I'll tell you this one of the things I don't know her room number I just go over there just go (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like, you oh, like it's, it's room room I just you know, go. I you know go no on the floor. You go up the steps. You go to the left. You go down the hall. I know that there's a uh, sign on the wall that say Mister is the name of the person next to her. I don't know the room number.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. So when I come in and you want me to sign the paper and it's like what room? I don't know. I don't
1: know. Upstairs to the left.
0: I'm just gonna go <laughs> the name down. Y'all figure it out. It, yeah. The facility situation and finding one, it is very hard. And it's hard to have to say this is this this is the step that we have to take. I because I have to do so many things. Now I get it because your children are younger. We I can't do I have to work. I can't do this all day. I I can't. There's no way that I could. do I can't quit my job. I can't tell my kids they can't go nowhere no more. So I could be in this house 24 hours a day to take care of my parent. I can't do that. Now my children, like I said, were older, but I still have to go to work. They didn't have jobs like the same in my house, right? <laughs> and and yes. it is not fair to tell these 20 year olds you have you have to now live your life to support me and your grandma. Like we, uh-huh. what are we? Uh-huh. we can't do that you know, so that I can take care of your grandma, you have to do nothing. Go get more, some overtime somewhere, find a second job for me, or I don't know what to tell you.
1: Second or third job, yeah.
0: Like, you know, well, but you know, they'll pay you to take care of your
1: parent. (laughs) (laughs) That statement. (laughs) And you're like, okay, so I'm living in this nightmare already outside of going to work and you want me to live in it 24 7 because what they'll tell you is oh yeah we'll pay you to take care of your parent when do i not have my parent when when do i not have her um because you can get a babysitter for your kids your kids grow up and become
0: independent kids you know that there is a timeline on the kids <laughs> yes okay. them it's like they start to become teenagers, and they start be. Oh, I'm about to go stay over my friend's house. Oh, you know. Oh, I'm I'm about to go. St- I'm I'm, oh, I'm gonna go with my cousin. Your your parent ain't never gonna do that, and there is no time frame on this. This could be five years. This could be twenty five years. Yeah. And, and at you, what
1: point do you live?
0: When and when do you live in, and, and 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 so you know I had the I I had the surgery in 2021, right? My 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 youngest child last week turned twenty one. I have been a mother longer than I had been an adult. We both know that, right? We know that life, like before, I was even my in charge of my own self. I was in charge of somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm just now in a place where I feel like living is allowed for me, for what? me.
1: <laughs> Yeah. It
0: sounds selfish, but I don't have it to give up. I just came out of full time care with these mm-hmm.
1: kids. I mm-hmm.
0: don't I, I My don't baby it.
1: is 11, Danny. Uh, 11. It's not even a teenager. Yeah. Like
0: I might can send you, I might can send you somewhere and not completely worry at 11. Like. <laughs> Cause you can
1: tell me what you're doing. You can text me. You can FaceTime me. They're gonna. Like, why don't you let your mom live with you? I can't do it. First of all, where's she going? Or where am I going? If she takes my room, where am I going?
0: Wait.
1: I'm going to the living room. I'm going to the game room, I guess. For how long? Because
0: everybody I got live a like that little um, fantasy of like the Willy Wonka, um, two granddads sleeping in the dining room thing. It don't work because I got all these other people who got a moving groove in here and these kids yep. they come over, you know, they doing things, they got things going on. I can't set mom, grandma up in the in the dining room. I can't do it. The bathroom upstairs. I I would still need to get her up there or we got to wash her in the dining room. And then what happens for our holiday meals and what happens for a gathering for us? We don't have a table anymore. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you... Everybody don't have a seven bedroom house where we can just put her over here and and everybody doesn't have the income to remodel the house that we can put an extra bathroom down here and you, everybody it doesn't work that way. In yeah. your minds, you people who are listening who who need to understand this, that is a fantasy world. The reality is that you are asking us to give up our whole entire lives because ain't no more brunch. Ain't no more going to a show. Ain't no more. There's there. There is there isn't any more of that when you decide to bring them into your home and become their 24 hour care. That is 24 hours. People do not come over and watch your sick mom. No, nobody says, oh, well, I can um sit with your mom for now. I have a friend who literally did that for somebody else. And it was amazing. She took a week off of her job to go sit with her friend's mother who has dementia. And I thought when I tell you that that was the epitome of love, I have never seen love in such a way that this woman took off a week from her own job to go sit so this woman could go do something for her job for a week with this mother. She had never dealt with dementia before. She doesn't uh. have- experience in it and was willing to go and do it anyway no I, that is the first and only time i have ever seen that happen ever
1: and people you'll probably never see it again never
0: see it again people <laughs> do not offer to come helping i my mom been in that nursing home since 2020 it is almost 2023 i have never had anybody say they will come with me I have never had anybody. I go alone
1: every time. And that's that's the scary part right there. Cause you're alone. That word right there. You're like, I'm alone. I'm literally in, like I said, last Monday during my two hour cry and I'm sitting at the dining room table and I'm looking out the window and I just allowed myself to go ahead and cry. Cause I was like, you're holding this in, but you're just making yourself sick right now. And I'm sitting there and I'm just looking out the window and a car pulls up in front of the house. And that's when I really started to cry because it was my daughter who's supposed to be on her way to work. She said, I had to come. I had to come over here to check on you, mom. Because I knew you weren't okay. So you can tell your kids all day long, I'm okay. No, I'm okay. I'm all right. They They know. They know you're not okay. So she came and I just cried and cried. And she's really like, she's emotional. I think I'm more emotional than she is. But even she was crying in this moment and I was like, when do I get to live? Mm-hmm. That's my question. I went for my sister being sick and being the runner for her because she depended on me. Although my mom was there, my mom and my sister's relationship wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. So of course my sister depended more on me than she would with my mom. So I'm young and my daughter was not even born at one point. And then when I had her, it was nothing changed. It was like, I'm still the primary person for my sister. Now I'm a mom at the same time. And, you know, there were gaps when she was well, but it was still calling the hospital and being a teenager and having to be put in this role where you have to be like the adult and authoritative with medical professionals. And, you know... So I went from being the sister who was the caregiver to a mother and then I had multiple children and then my mom, my sister passes because I'm still caregiving for my, my sister, not like to, like how I am with my mom, but it was a lot. And then now, you know, I'm a mother of four and then my mom gets sick and now it's, I'm still a mother now of still four. My daughter's are grown, an adult, but I still have minor children Three minor children. And now my mom is significantly sick. And my dad is sick too. He just doesn't live here. So I still have to be in tune with what's going on with him. He's just further away. So when I see him, it's like, okay, you're sicker than I thought you were. Because I'm seeing this and nobody, and then And, you know,
0: and, and, and there, even when you get to go and do some things, they not that fun because you're waiting for that call especially on the day like when you go visit your parent it's like the well first of all you thought you got cute you would thought you was having a thing soon as you get to the car with a person or you get to the place with a person the first thing they say is how's your mom i don't want to talk about that right now Mm -hmm. now I, how am I? You didn't even ask me that. No, you do Nobody's going. The two, the one person who who talks to my mom on the video phone has always said this must be very hard. I don't know how you're doing this. I this 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 has to be very hard for you. She is the only person who has ever mentioned it. Um, I've had friends who are just kind of like, you know, you're just so strong, and I always say like that is such a disrespectful thing. I am not strong. I am very weak right now, and you are not allowing me to be so. And that is hurtful to me because I, I'm I'm not so strong. You just can't see me weak because you haven't given a space to make it safe for you to see that. I yeah. am. Down even as we speak right now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get myself away from you so I can get in the car and cry because and cry. I don't want to talk about this right now. I was trying to get cucumbers at this grocery store, I don't want to talk about my mom right now, you know, and I don't want to be mean. That's it. To- but I really just came in here because I thought I was gonna make a good meal for myself. And now I can't even enjoy that today because yes. you brought my mom into my meal. And I'm mm-hmm. now I'm now not only am I hurt, but I'm angry and I can't lash yep. out at you.
1: Yep. Yep. Because you're an innocent bystander in this. Mm-hmm. And
0: so where do I release that? I, I I keep on saying I think that I really want to um create a screen room because I just feel like i think that a lot of people just need to come in and yell it the hell out because this Mm -hmm. i literally have an emotional support dog like let me just show you she sits right
1: oh you and she is right there
0: I got in 2020, she does not leave my side. Like, and when I leave the house, she has a little anxiety because she has been there from, I got her in 2020 because I didn't know what else to do. And I was like, maybe if I get an emotional support animal, then it'll help with my anxiety. It really does. Cause she'd be right on me. And when, That's my
1: daughter's dog she's you my know, grand
0: dog whenever I do one of these interviews if I'm at home and I'm doing one of these interviews it's like she knows like okay this is gonna be a little bit of stress right here she just I mean she'd be on my body I have to have something because in 2020 you wasn't getting no therapist like mm-hmm. everybody was going through so much finding a therapist was just like you ain't gonna find one and a black mm-hmm. if you
1: didn't have your therapist
0: you know. before then you're out a lot. and so like you just it's this whole when am I going to be able to live 100% identify with 100% I just want to say it because I want you to know that you aren't alone we really do have a community yes we just don't know that that community exists because as black women, it has not been allowed to say where are the people who feel mm-hmm. like this? Because the people mm-hmm. who look at you like, wow, how dare you say that? How dare push mm-hmm. push through and pray. I pray.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> I pray and I yes. still am traumatized those two things are true i believe in god and i still am traumatized when i see my mama those two things are true Mm -hmm. at the same time and it just i first of all i just also want to say i thank you for sharing your story with with me and for anybody else who's listening because
1: thank you for having
0: me spaces i just try to create these spaces for the opportunity to one release some of what we hold on to all the time uh-huh. places to let it go and then also to help somebody else who's going through this to know like when you feel these things you're not bad you are not a bad person this is this is human you are a human. Yes. Have human feelings. You 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 don't want to always have to do we don't always want to be parents. There's when we just wake up and look at the kids and be like, no, like,
1: ah, go somewhere else. <laughs>
0: no, I don't, don't want to be responsible for none of this stuff here. I don't yeah. want my money to go to groceries. I don't want yes. my, you know, I don't want my money to go to getting your hair done. Like I don't, yes. want, you know, I I don't want to pay. Wore the football shoes today, like you know, and <laughs> all of the, like you know, it's like how much they cost. Like no, I wanted to go see yeah. a play or a movie or a show. Yeah. I wanted to buy. Well, I just want to go out of town. Take I just a yeah. minute. That all those things. That doesn't mean that we hate our children. It just means right. that the, the me. I need, to, I need a break. Huh? Me, the me inside of me wants a break, and and yeah. that's okay too. We. It is okay. To have moments and days, and even for the people who are lucky enough to get the week vacation, weeks of, I just want to just be who I am. And that's it. And that's
1: it. Let it just be that. I know. And then, I mean, for the people who have, or are working with agencies, um, I know for me, the hardest part is having consistent workers. Mm-hmm. You know, when they call off the agency, careless, they're not looking for somebody else to cover that shift. They're not. They say they are, but they are not looking for someone to cover that shift. They're like, oh, well, it's on the family. Let her go take care of her mom. Let her go get her mom. Let her daughter go get her mom. Why don't she take her mom to her house? And you're like, I wish that you could trade with me for one of these events. Like I just got one of the workers and I'm not working Thanksgiving because I have kids. And I'm like, hmm, Any job that I had where you had to work on a holiday, I worked because I did have kids and I needed to feed them. I get people wanting to be off, but can you give adequate time? Like you knew a long time ago that you wanted to be off on Thanksgiving. Why did you wait three days before Thanksgiving to say you want to be off when your shift is eight to eight? Which means if I'm getting my mom and I need to cook, that means how? How do I do this? Because. I can't be at her house at eight o'clock in the morning because she's not up yet. I don't know how compliant she's going to be on that day to get her up, get her dressed, get her fed, get her in the car, get her to my house. And I still have to cook? And then they
0: they also have, you know, sometimes a breakdown because this ain't their space. You know?
1: Yes. Yes. My mom will say, well, whose house is this? Is this your house? my house mom huh. when'd you move here <laughs> yep. my mom i don't remember anything. you living here Who,
0: where are you at where what what is that did you move no yes nope been here this is the same color wall all the time oh okay well it, it it's a lot of work it is a lot of work
1: yeah. and yeah. Then, then imagine th- where th- they are it's girl, I could go on forever.
0: I know, I know, I know. I just, uh, so, so I love to again, this space is always created for the conversations. I love this, these are always helpful. The one thing I do know yes. is always helpful to the people who I have, a convers- I have a conversation with and to the people who listen. And it's always helpful. There's always somebody who reaches out to me and goes, Oh my goodness, I didn't even know. Yes. Anybody,
1: any questions? I'm on social media. You could look me up. I mean, I'm not under it, my um, name.
0: Do you want to give a social media page that somebody might reach out to you? You can go ahead on, I'm on Facebook. I'm on
1: Facebook. My name is spelled R-A-W-N-N-A-Y. It's not Ron a. Austin, how it is on here, but any questions. I'm open um to any questions. I'm open to just listen. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times that's what we need is just for somebody to listen. To what we're going through. I don't have to tell my story to you. I can listen to your story and be encouraged from your story or gain knowledge from their story. They can do the same, you know, from mine. So I'm open. Um, I know what it feels like. <laughs> There's so many, I mean, like I said, I could be on here forever to talk about just within my four-year snippet or even within the last six-month snippet of things that have transpired. Um and I'm open. I will say that. So send me a message on messenger. Um, I will try to see it. I'm kind of slow on messenger sometimes, but definitely, um, open to communicating and, you know, fellowshipping with some folks and, you know, being a support to whoever may possibly need it because I know what it feels like.
0: So we're back. Um, (laughs) this is the, (laughs) this is my favorite part of my show all the time. Um, it kind of like, um, it's like a cool down for your brain. Um, everything that I do in my in my world is is revolves around music. I don't do anything without music. I can't if, before I start these, I always have to play music. When I'm done to de de stress myself, I play music before I can um pull off on the in the car. I have to get a song in that works right for me. And anytime like I get stressed out. Um, there's a song to play. So like I said, I don't have I never really had a really good relationship with my dad, although I grew up with him. Um, but one of the things that we did connect on was music. We connected a lot on music, and I know that it's always been told to me that from the time I was little, my dad always sang to me, he has a had a great singing voice. So whenever I get stressed, um uh, my dad used to sing, sing Stevie Wonder songs to me. So whenever I start to get stressed, Stevie Wonder plays like elevator music in my head, right? So I always ask people at the end of the show, what is a song or two that you feel like um speaks to you? It doesn't have to be a favorite song. I never ask about a favorite song because in every season, every moment, the song changes. Music come out all the time. So the song may change and what's my favorite right now. But what do you feel like either represents you or speaks to you right now? It
1: represents me is probably me against the world with Tupac Okay. <laughs> honestly
0: and I'll take it
1: <laughs> honestly because that's what it feels like a lot a okay. lot but um wow oh I'm a music person too and I never anytime anybody asks me about music it's like I don't know but when it comes on I can sing it for you <laughs> I okay. can sing yeah, it for
0: you yeah. I, I that always I get a lot of people who say that like I don't know the names of songs but I can sing it for you. But you gave me one and that that works unless you have anything else you feel in. Nah. These things. So I'm very grateful. I'm thankful. I know you at work. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let you go. But I, I appreciate your time. It is very much appreciated. Welcome. And, Thank you, Tammy. Uh, we're going to talk offline about the facilities and things like that. Cause if you got any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me yes. absolutely because I, I will help in whatever way. And again, you guys, um this this will be up. You can look up Renee's um Instagram or Facebook. You're on Facebook, right? Look up yes. mm-hmm. The link will be down in the um bio for that. So Okay, from now on, we just say bye. I close it out later on in, in editing, but thank you so much. Have a
1: good day. I will, you too. Thank All you right. and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Happy bye. Thanks. Okay.
0: <laughs> As you could tell, this one hit really close to home, but with all the conversations, I have a wonderful time. You learn so much, you know so much, and again, make sure that you are sharing this with your friends, your family, your co-workers, because you never know what people are going through. Sometimes we don't even know people are going through these situations until we share an episode like, oh my goodness, so good. what I heard, and then people be like, oh yeah, that was my mom, that was my sister, that was my cousin, and then that starts conversation, and if you have been listening to these episodes, you know this is all about having conversation, having connection, creating communities, so check us out on Instagram, check us out on TikTok, and make sure that you're subscribing, because we here every week having these conversations, and I don't want you to miss any, so subscribe, and again, share, 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 I'll see you next week, as always. You've been listening to me, Danny, at the Just Saying Podcast. Bye.